It's a little bit early, but uh, hi there. Welcome, everybody. My name's Stan Kirby. Welcome to Talk Back. And tonight we've got a very special guest. He's on screen right now. His name's Mike Beck. He works for Odyssey. Um, they, of course, deal with uh, addiction and recovery, uh, a great organization. Uh, also into uh, peer support. Um, and uh, I don't know what, since I'm just reading off my cell phone, to be honest. And you work at the old prison, Premodil uh, Prison and the DTU, the Drug Treatment Unit up there. Plus, you're a drum shooter, which is pretty cool as well. Uh, Mike Beck, welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you, Thane. Um, yeah, it's so happy to be here. I'm, I'm a little bit um, flustered running around, but other than that, I'm hunky-dory. Happy to be here. Oh, it's awesome. Well, you know, uh, I suppose we're going to take this hour or half an hour, 40 minutes, whatever you can give us, just to kind of break down all the good, the good stuff that you do and what a normal day looks like. I mean, you do varied stuff, a lot of it in recovery. Um, so we, so talk to me about your work for Odyssey. Uh, what's your position there? <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Odyssey's a um, – I would say, you know, sort of can be called an addiction services, but I, I tend to feel or view them as a recovery service, you know, um, people looking to get into recovery um, from being an active addiction. So <clears throat> my um, history is, um, you know, I've had some lived experience with uh, drug and alcohol addiction. And um, along my journey, um you know, I, I sort of had a, a two-pronged um, recovery, giving up drugs, um, continuing in, in alcohol, using alcohol, but but then, um, you know, struggling with that, but then um, really with a little bit of help, well, quite a lot of help actually, um, got into recovery and so stopped using drugs and alcohol. And, and um, I had my anniversary, sixth anniversary last week actually, last Thursday, and awesome. the thank you. And w what sort of happened when I got into recovery uh, in 2016? I started learning a bit about peer support and and thinking, well, this looks um, really like something that I might go right into and suits me. Um, so I, I just to back, I'm just backtracking to give you a little bit of a picture here. Mm -hmm. um, in uh, 14 I had a friend commit suicide and that <clears throat> actually sort of in some way led me to go into volunteer at Lifeline and I started that in 2015 also got into with the law um, you know had to go through um, a process anger management um, I started volunteering at Lifeline um, got on got a conviction um, and it sort of put me in another direction of I need to sort of change into a more, more get into another po more positive um, pathway in life and make some serious changes. So, uh, yeah, um, I was going to CADS as well in 2015, trying to make those changes, but not quite there yet. But I finally got there uh, early 2016. I, I had a life coach at the time, um, Sandra Dixon. She wasn't really a life coach, but I said, you were my life coach. And um, fortunately, I just told her one day, I said, I really want to quit alcohol. And she, she told me to write it up on her um, whiteboard. And I didn't really know that you take your 
recovery date down um, and note it. So I put in my diary, went back to the CADs for um, maintenance, um, abstinence maintenance, you know, not using anymore. Um, and, you know, took it from there. And then I found um, a peer support line at Lifeline called Warmline and got really interested in that. And it, the qualification was lived experience. You know? And also um, at the mental health end, I've got a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. And um, that sort of um, tied in there as well as getting into recovery. And um, moving fast how forward. How bad do you have to be? How bad do you have to be to want to go into recovery to put yourself mm. into like what what is what is how what is bad? Mm. What, what what needs recovery? Well, I think um, if things are going wrong for you. And, and sometimes things go wrong for us and we don't know what to do and we keep doing the wrong things. Um, but for me, I think I, I just, I, it was a long time, you know, a, a lot of attempts. But I was, I was, in 2014, I was in the police cells in Henderson uh, on Christmas Day. Everything went to crap. Uh, and I've sort of identified that as, as a rock bottom turning point. Hmm. Um, because that's when when I started, I didn't really want to do it, but I started getting. I had to go to anger management. Um, you know, I was well. I was ordered by the courts. Um, I wouldn't have done it by myself. Um, but I also, um, you know, rocked up to CADS out west, and um, but I hadn't quit drinking at that stage. I was just trying to reduce harm reduction and get some um, boundaries on it. Like I, I, I managed to stop drinking at home. Um, but my history of dr drinking had been quite excessive. Um, but yeah, I, I would say, oh, well, to be honest, I was a bit of a lightweight, but lots of beer and wine, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. Um, but, but yeah, it had phases of beer to wine, really. Um, but um, yeah, I... I Try and answer your question. I, th I think it's just whenever you are at a point when you feel you need to change or make some changes or inspired through things going wrong to sometimes things going wrong can actually create the change in somebody. Um, and also, I think, you know, it's, it's really hard to do it by yourself. So um, getting support, um, the spiritual side of it, has been in there for me as well. And, um, you know, you, you sort of don't know what to do, but you just kind of <laughs> have a yeah. bit of faith. And um, it's a really good question. I mean, there's no right answer in terms of how far down the road to using you have to be or whatnot. But usually strong consequences um, are a good marker. Yeah. Oliver Finlay-Smith says, I've been accessing mental health services and also working in many roles and think the peer support model is great for recovery. Can I just say, with somebody, do you have to have gone through recovery to be, uh, you know, in support or helping out with other people's recovery? Do you really need to know how bad it is, understand really what's going through your client's head? Do you think? Um, it, it, it's a big help to have lived experience it's, it's really a quali qualification um, so for <laughs> here's the thing so so for when I interviewed for um, Odyssey uh, mm. I had to talk about all the bad stuff you know it's like the um, 
it's the opposite of what you'd normally talk about in an interview. So, you know, mm. what, what, how much trouble you've been into, what, what have you used? Um, but also, yeah, also um, recovery time. I learned that um, two years is kind of an industry marker to have about two years recovery time. Okay. It's not always like that, but um, for myself, I, it took me uh, four years before I um, started applying for work in addictions, actually. Gotcha. And so Odyssey House was your first stop, was it? Uh, not quite, no. I, I actually um, ran into, um, as well as being a drum tutor teacher, I do play music as well. So when COVID came along, um, I was splitting peer support work at Lifeline, uh, teaching and, and playing gigs, and two-thirds of my work stopped. So um, that's where – well, actually, I was applying in July, so I, I was still a little short on work, but I was really determined during the COVID lockdown not, not to fall down. So that mm. meant pushing out there to look for work. And so I did actually – pick up a role as a consumer advisor at uh, the bridge uh, who are under Salvation Army. So uh, that was in the Auckland region. So And there's three sites in Auckland as well as a respite, um, co-funded um, respite facility in South Auckland. So I did a few months there. What about aftercare? You know, once you go through these things, I know someone's gone through the retreat and it's, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get your AA stuff together, you're going to meetings, you're trying your hardest. But what about when you have to leave these places? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got to go out into the world and you've got to try and, you know, you have a durry and the coffee and you go to the meeting in the outside world. And then sometimes you can get tripped up by other people in the AA who just come off and then you kind of spiral yep. out with somebody else. Do you think aftercare we're lacking in this country? Um, that's a good question, Thane, and I think we are a little short. I see um, Hayden Smith tuned in. He's actually an aftercare specialist, um, and incidentally, um, we we're just having a little chat about this earlier. He was um, on George FM DJing a few years ago, oh, and and uh, as under the wizard, um, I know Hayden because you've got it tattooed on your arm. It's pretty easy to work out. Um, but yeah. Um, Hayden's role in aftercare, so he's an aftercare practitioner at Odyssey. So he sees um, Fiora or, um, you know, um, men in prison. And then he provides some continuity um, by um, taking groups, doing check-ins, um, whether it be by phone or Zoom. Um, and and he, um, somebody like Hayden, he's in, uh, in a... Um, it's probably you know a very strong person in that field. He he chairs groups. Um, I forget. Uh, he's probably going to be bummed at me, but I, I I know he DJs for their New Year's Day um, gatherings, speech gatherings. But um, yeah, I, I think um, talk, he would be a good one to check in with because um, from what I'm seeing, there would be a need for more of that and. The continuity of support, things like accommodation, um, reintegration to uh, the workplace, um, you know, guys got records, um, accommodation can um, perhaps sabotage people getting out because people are using quite often in some of the sites. Um, Maybe even partners, right, who really haven't 
who could be still addicted yep. and, and uh, trying to kind of um, contaminate the person going through it. Um, yeah. But, you know, what? why do people – so do you feel – sorry, so on a different uh, uh, question here. Can you replace one addiction with another? What I'm asking <laughs> oh, is good. Drug and alcohol, I'm going to start selling real estate and try and make mm-hmm. that money. Um, Thane, you got some good questions there. Um, mm. Totally um, correct. I mean, I, I, you know, um, you can cross addict with different substances. So I think, um, you know, I was in a lot of denial about my drinking after mm. I quit other drugs. Um, and, um, you know, somebody for myself, I think I got addicted to food when I stopped drinking. Yeah. Um, what's some examples, you know, gambling, sex, um, shopping. Um, I, I've, I've also had a, a, a music cons- consumption addiction. Uh, when I was younger, I was buying something every day <laughs> for six months. And I, I was quite, I used to get quite, um, um, highly anxious if I hadn't bought anything. I mean, that's a weird thing, but it can be anything. It yes. can be anything really, you know, and um, because we're, we're basically, um, you know, when we're quitting something that we use to cope and something that's not necessarily a um, helpful or healthy thing, um, the, 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 the void or the room space to fill, um, you know, it can often be something that is another unhealthy thing. Um, however, um, I think if you go about it and use a bit of intellect and get a bit of support, you can. Um, one good way is to um, put all your put that focus into a, a, um, an interest. Mm. Um, so, um, for example, um, health and um, physical exercise is a good one. Um, a lot of people start getting into going to the gym and exercising and whatnot. So. That's always a That's good a thing. Good, That's healthy good. one. Um, music's a good one. Um, creative things, you know. Um, yeah, art, that type of stuff. Totally, dance. Yeah. Poetry, writing. We've got an elected. Have we got an elected MP or anyone? Have we got anyone in the leadership in this country, either party, that had addiction issues, and has come back and gone on to be an MP? Uh, um, I, I think Chloe Swarbrook. Um, right. I, I was a little bit. Involved. I was a member of the Greens back in 2017. I, I seem to recall um, she got. Oh, of course. Well, there was Haley Holt, um, although she she wasn't elected. She did a damn fine job, but she 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 came in where, um, um, gosh, I can't even remember the previous prime minister's name, John Key, out in Helensville. I mean, she she really blitzed it out there, but didn't get the vote. So. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Chloe um, has gone through um, a bit of a journey, but I, yeah, I'm not that clued up in that department on who's who, to be honest. Fair enough. Mm. Um, I wonder because we've got a real problem, haven't we? You know, I'm yeah. like when I was, I was talking, I was looking back at the messages here, and Hayden Smith says, "I thought I could never DJ without some type of substance, but then I learned that music itself is a bigger high." Now, oh, you know, I totally get that. And, like, being a working DJ, you're always going to have a beer or something. Someone always buys you a shot or 
want to do a line of something and, and, and that type of stuff. So there are a lot of people who, even if you want to get off the wheel, there are a lot of people kind of like guiding you back in the name of fun. Yeah, we're having fun. This is absolutely cool. So for some, you know, you, you, it's very hard to get out. And for others, you're being arrested all the time and mm. your life is absolutely complete shit. And there's something has got to go on for you to go, bam, and have that incredible wake-up call where you actually want to change your life. Um, mm. We've got so many people in prison, though, um, you know, you've got people with gangs, people selling a whole lot of stuff. How do we get on top of that? I mean, and a lot of it comes from addiction issues, right? Yeah, um, totally. Another good question, Zane. You've done your homework. <laughs> um, yeah, the um, I, I think you sort of underneath all this, I, I'm sort of learning in, in my role uh, is that, you know, trauma is under is, is is under the covers there and um yeah um how how do we move forward yeah there's there's you know obviously addiction is a big problem anywhere it's big in new zealand the the stats are high um i guess another thing around addiction is that um there's a general percentage that um around six percent people who are successful uh and getting into recovery and stopping using. Mm. So it's not a high percentage, but when you think about it, six out of a hundred's not too bad, you know? Um, however, you know, that I think that may be including only people who attempt to get into recovery. Um, yeah. You know, you can imagine how many people actually don't go there, um, yeah. haven't reached that point. Um, but yeah, like you say, having a crisis point, you know, it could be, killing a friend in a car accident, um, a family member, uh, you know, marriage breakup, um, anything, you know, uh, childhood trauma is just can be so impacting. It can just show up so much later in life. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a funny one with answers because we, we've got lots of sort of um, clinical um, research. Um, we've got lots of ideas and around um, lived experience and that, that seems to be you know odyssey the organization of odyssey is really putting that forward um, we have a, a, a our previous um, peer support um, sorry no he was um, he was um, consumer advisor now he's a lived experience leader a guy called dave burnside who's got a lot of uh, lived experience and um, you know he, he seems to be an absolute expert in the field but um, he's um, also my supervisor and he, he, he sort of said to me one day it'd be great if we had a manual a book that you can just follow through it and go through the instructions and work it all out but there's no magic formula to it it's like everybody's on their own journey yeah I suppose you're right what about the legalization of drugs where do the people and uh, where do you guys stand with that? I mean, if we mm. took it all out of the gangs, uh, we put a tax on it, that tax could hopefully go to, you know, like what you do with alcohol and smoking, a portion of that maybe go for people mm. in recovery. Do you think that would be a sensible thing? People could still get their hands on them. Uh, if we mm. legalised it, would that help? Um, yeah. It, it, it's a tricky because, um, you know, so on the one hand you've got, 
medicinal use in some areas, which I, I am a big supporter of. Um, mm. But I'm I'm sort of have that dilemma. Like I get offered stuff quite a lot for medicinal. You know, try this. Yes. And and I, I can't um, do it because, you know, I'm in recovery. And so um, I'm sort of mindful of I'm on another sort of journey. But I, I suppose if if I had a health issue that would come along and um, there was some medicinal cannabis or, or, or what not that was out there that I could use that would be helpful, then I'd have a dilemma and maybe a, a change of direction but um to definitely when you mentioned legalizing um some drugs uh you know actually back to chloe swarbrook um she talked about um she really campaigned for that and you know the reason to make to, to make it a, a medical problem issue rather than a legal problem and so that would help people getting access to support rather than getting isolated and, you know, going to prison or, um, you know, having to go right to the bottom mm. and, and and rebuild from there. But, um, yeah, I, the other thing uh, on that um, subject is, you know, having alcohol um, legal uh, seems to be, you know, alcohol seems to be, <laughs> you know, it's the biggest sort of harmer because... Um, it's legal, it's um, socially acceptable. And, um, you know, just in my sort of um, upbringing, um, it was quite confusing because I was around some quite serious use. And, um, you know, it's sort of it, it, the dysfunction and, and the, the maybe what, what's, what's not said is a bit confusing. Mm. So, so definitely... Um, talking about this stuff is great, you know, opening up about it and having these discussions. Um, you know, we saw what the government's response was to pretty much shut it down. Um, we, when was that? Was it the last last election? Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. What are your thoughts, oh, Thane? So much harm. Well, I mean, you know, alcohol, you can either handle your alcohol you can't or you can pretend you can handle it but you can't. And uh, I think, yeah, there's so much, uh, it's so widely accepted and, you know, we've got bars, we've got hospitality that kind of really need it to be selling it. I mean, that's how they make their money. Mm. And uh, so it is a real tough one. But, I mean, anyone can get in trouble, really. It is like going out in Piha and not swimming between, going out with your jeans on, <laughs> and not swimming in the flags, you know. Anyone can be pulled under, and their life can change uh, if they get if they go down a couple of rabbit holes. And it can start with new friends, uh, like mm. you say, trauma, bad relationships, and yeah, it's just making it's surrendering, isn't it? I reckon the word is giving in yeah. and just going hands up. I really need a, to, and that yeah. is the toughest thing to do. It's so yeah, you're right. It's it's so weird because like. You know, it took me quite a long time to go, oh, shit, I've got a problem and I need help. Um, and, uh, it, you know, that, that seems to be what it is. I don't know why we all kind of resist it so much, but um, um, there was something I was going to go back to, what you are saying there. Um, no, forgotten where you were there. Oh, 
Uh, but also you need good role models because uh, what we've got Oliver comes in with the you need good role models, but. Mm. Also, you need the role models not to be scripted by some weird ad, ad agency where at the end of the day people make fun of the ads because it's just not realistic. Mm. I want to mm. see more realistic messages um, when it comes to this type of stuff on screen and on radio and online with totally. real people with real issues talking about them um, <clears throat> without coming like, ah, oh, let's give uh, the latest, coolest All Black uh, tip him some money, throw some money at him, and and he can just some say, say some catchy line with a small inspirational um, speech. You know, I just think well, we've got to be past that. And I think our problem is so bad in this country with all kinds of addiction that uh, yeah, we need a whole lot. <coughs> excuse me, we need it to be a little bit more raw, like the whole drink mm. drive campaigns. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, so, I mean, that, those are my thoughts um, on it. And, you know, it's, uh, what about the gangs? And I hate to go so publicly on gangs. Excuse me. <coughs> it's not COVID, everybody. I was going <laughs> to. Um, but, you know, gangs control. Like, I feel the gangs get away with a lot of stuff in this country and they can get into prisons and they can manipulate that system. They get around things and make it work. Very smart operators. Um, but surely we haven't had a government take any gang to account right now, and things keep on getting through the system. Now, and it's tough talking about it publicly because obviously mm. I don't want a um, you know um, to be I don't want my head smashed in. But mm. gangs have got this. Uh, they've all hired PR people now, telling the world, "Hey, tattoo parlors and tow trucks, and we're giving back." But um, still, uh, I don't know. It seems like they're funneling. Mm. I don't know. It's still, it just something is not right about it, and no one's doing anything about it. And I just, mm. I think they they have got to really, truly, genuinely um, own their part in this weird, crazy ride of addiction, you know, in this country. And if mm. only they could find another source of income. Other than the hard stuff, um, you know, it'd be great if they change business models or something just to give everybody a two-year break. I don't mm. know. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's it's a good idea. Um, I, th- I think just from what what we see in the environment, I'm going back to work tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> hopefully the board, you know, hopefully <laughs> everything's. I got to watch what I say, but um, of course, of course, the, the um, yeah. Um, just from what I've seen, and uh, my, up until um, this role that I've um, got now working in a prison environment, my sort of experience with gangs is to go and play gigs in, in gang pads and whatnot. And, um, you know, it's a different kind of thing because you, you're treated very nicely. Um, but but I do – I did actually um, – have a I do have a musician friend who's one of his mates uh, got out of gangs and is doing very very well. So there there are role models out there. There are men who um, they're they're on the wrong path. Um, but you know th- there was a New Zealand film called Savage. I, I don't know if you saw that one a few years ago. Thing, and it was based on New Zealand. Um, gang history and sort of more more around uh, bottom of the South uh, North Island things, sort of Porirua somewhere around there, um, based on uh, historical um, 
slightly slightly moved across the the goalposts there but um it's sort of what i liked about that film it, it sort of showed how tough it was to get out of out of gangs you know because there, there's a whole lot of consequences um you know and, and um reasons I, totally for getting understand it. That. I totally understand that but what is never gets said is majority of gangs income if mm. everyone's allowed to make an income and everyone's a business person mm. everyone's got to hustle comes from drugs, feeding this country drugs. Now, if we all agree that that's the case, just tax them. You get caught, okay, you do some time, but shouldn't we just have a gang tax where the government takes 2% and these guys are just going to go about their business or something? Because it seems like they get caught, they get their uh, assets taken off them and anybody they know gets all their money and houses gone and then the government gives them um, funding for two, three million dollars. Like, and here, take your assets back again. I mean, it's not everything. I just think we should just kind of like find creative ways of of living. If we are all living with this, then let's let's find creative ways of, of of making it work for everybody. I mean, like I say, I'm in support. I understand the gangs, and I have a lot of respect for business people. You know, they are doing it, and mm. there's chemists out there, and there's distribution and there's transport and logistics and there's mm. all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, if there's somebody writing out schedules of where to be and, and how all of that, someone's handling cash, there's bankers, there's accountants, there's lawyers, mm. there's PR people. Let's just call it what it is. You guys have got a company and a huge setup like Main Freight. It's just tax the gangs. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Yeah, uh, no, it's good. It's good. I mean, uh, it's one of those ones where there's it's 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 a bit of um, uh, you know, it's the whole kind of system, really. Like what mm. what's the police response? What's the governments? Um, what's the relationship between the three? Um, yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's a, it's all a bit of an entanglement um, that something's something could be done better. Totally. Yeah. Um, no one they're, they're, really knows, though, do they? Like the, the spooky no. scenario is no one knows. Everyone knows everything, but no one knows publicly the relationship mm. between police, government, and gangs. And and mm. you know, hey, in all respect to the gangs, they aren't saying anything. They want to spoil a good thing. Mm. Oh well, mm. next. But anyway, they're, they're, that's why. That's yeah, that's. Why no, that's that's really good point. I mean, I, ju I just wanted to add on to that. Um, there's a there's a chap out there, uh, Brendan Warne, who has the anti P meth um, ministry, and he's doing a lot of good things. He's come out of gang culture, and um, so so his bit out there. Um, we're, we're actually hoping to get him as a guest speaker into the prison at some stage, um, and he's been on TV talking about his um, journey. So um, he's he's a good example of one of those guys that you want to see in those ads, talking yeah. about how far he's come or what what he's done and where he's at. You know, he's he's doing things on a bit of a shoestring budget. He bought a bus, goes around the country. Um, you know, and he keeps it very real. Um, his challenges. So, how much? Um, uh, how much? Um, you know how uh, you got Mike King and, and depression and stuff. Mm -hmm. How much depression is in the addiction community? I mean, like, um, yeah. Where's the crossover? Cool. Um, I would say it crosses right over because um, I remember doing a, a a gig about 
uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think I just before I got into recovery actually, and and mm. um, um, a musician was about. I sort of was saying, oh look, I've got mental health and um, you know other addictions and all. And um, he said to me, oh, they they go hand in hand, you know, and. I should have clicked, but um, do definitely see that because I mean you're, you know, if you're using heavily, um, you're going to have um, impacts on your brain, and um, they're not positive impacts. You know, your mind as well, mm. um, physically as well. So things aren't that you're sort of putting all these things into your body. Um, so. You know your, your health is not <laughs> optimal. You know it's it's um, and and from my experience they do go hand in hand and um, you know I think they should be treated um, together in in recovery. You know because um, most likely um, why people ha- you, ha- are used to a, a, a high level um, there's some sort of trauma going on. There's something's happened. You know, it's not all party stuff. Um, there is social use, use, but when it gets to those higher levels of use where it's a real problem and things are going wrong, there must be something underneath. And, yeah, definitely men- mental health should be addressed alongside, I believe, um, on in both um, sectors, in the mental health sector as well. What, what do they call those people that can really function really well on drugs and alcohol? High-functioning. Uh, High functioning. Yeah. Uh, they still a sixty-six three. They still a. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, well, the funny thing about high functioning addicts is, um, when you go behind the scenes, you see some stuff that's not very good. Right. <laughs> and yeah. um, but but it's all a bit of a mask, really, when somebody can, um, you know, because they might be very high functioning and keeping their job, or, you know keeping a family going or whatever, but there'll be some aspect of their life that, that is the pits, you know, and, and that's probably the bit that they're in denial about and, you know, so. I know but, a mum and dad, mm. I know a mum and dad who, um, you know, they cope with the rigours of being parents and making money and and they're just normal people and, they, you know, the kids that could drop them off at school and their uniforms, the car's broken down, they have all the same pressures as you and I. Um, but they have a little bit of meth on the weekends mm. and it makes it all go away. And mm. they haven't gone backwards that I know of and they haven't gone forwards. They've just got this little thing as if it was, um, you know, bourbon or yeah, or weed. And, I, and would you call that, is that high functioning? It's just people who can just kind of like keep it, at, 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 you know, in first Moderate yeah, use, yeah, and yeah. using it a bit of a coping tool, a bit of coping mm. strategy. Um, I, I don't know. My, my one area for me is looking at musicians and um, seeing lack of creative growth um, when when they're uh, while using, you know, or mm. while while where it might not appear to be a major problem, but maybe some other areas like um, you know, I guess that sort of musical journey of um, always learning and getting better. Sometimes I see that where it doesn't seem to um, the the progression and the development seems to stop. I guess that's in with addictions too. Is that you know if you've got a serious problem, that's where your sort of development and maturity kind of 
stopped. So I know I sort of got um, counselled about being about 20 years behind in my age, you know, my my yeah. mental maturity. Um, yeah. I've had that a few times, um, just bluntly told to me. Um, working out, you know, use point, recovery point, etc. But um, yeah, that that sort of use, I do see that quite a lot. Actually, it's it's pretty the way people just use a little bit here and there. Um, but I thought it's a bit of an indicator that there's something going on there that's not going so well for them, um, something in their lives. But, you know, coping in life is hard with the, with everything that we've got going on. So, um, you know, and, and addictions, um, drugs and alcohol it just seem to be such a common um, um, thing that people access uh, when they're going through any sort of problem, it just seems to be right up there. Mm. So it's like people not asking for help, which just overlaps in depression. And me finding out in the last two, three years that <clears throat> anything can stimulate somebody committing suicide, you know what I mean? Like mm. there's a problem they can't solve that just gets too big that they feel just ending the game is in a lot easier than actually having to deal with all this, these issues mm. and not asking for that kind of help and people not picking up on it. You know, very st- <clears throat> they seem very strong. So, yeah, there's a lot going out in here, isn't there? There's so much going on with people at the moment. Mm. It's mm. nuts. Well, the, yeah, this this uh, the, the COVID <laughs> era, um, you know, create, I guess there's been the isolation, um, you know, with these lockdowns, there's been um, business loss, um, you know, um, that, that we've had the mandates, and so you know, if you don't um, play ball with uh, being vaccinated, um, you know, you lose your job. A lot of people, um, and you know, um, freedom of choice. You know, it, it's not a one size fits all. We've seen that with vaccination vaccination rates that you know maybe about ten percent of the country have chosen not to. So, um, you know. Um, the you know all these things the social distancing the masks the, all this the, the 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 COVID culture that's come in um, has created a lot you know we've we saw in Auckland um, you know high suicide rates domestic violence um, I had a few um, interactions with the police and heard a few stories um, as well as doing some helpline work and you know people I would say. Um, it's just not having the coping skills when you when you put under these pressures. You know, people uh, are used to having some. You know, whatever it may be, uh, traveling is, was probably a big one. Being able to go out, interact with everybody, family members, all those sort of things. And when you that know, suddenly stops, like, uh, how are the police with people with addictions? You know, uh, are they like a big piece of shit? Or are they actually <laughs> genuinely frontline supporting? Or they just don't want to bloody deal with it it's easy to lock them up overnight than mm. uh having to kind of like you know deal with a drunk or out of it person mm. um yeah i think that well yeah i know don't quite know the exact answer to that but i think the police do deal with you know a lot of those sort of problems mm. and um i think they do well to you know they, they, they have a lot of dignity in their work um I've sort of you know been on that end a couple of times, and I've been treated mostly with respect, um, you know. But you know, some of my behaviour has been really out of control. Um, but yeah, generally from what I hear, that you know, it can, it's a thing that um, 
Yeah, it's 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 not quite an answer I have, but I, I would say the police do their best to respond um, in the in the right manner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depends on how 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 much somebody is misbehaving, really. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, what about a person with addiction? How do you set them up for going on holiday? Okay, MIQ, they've got rid of it. Everyone's going to Aussie. Uh, go to Bondi Beach, Sydney for a shopping weekend. How do you set someone up with addiction issues when you're in another country? You almost feel like you're a different person. Totally, yeah. No, that that yeah. It's just a you know you get put under those situations uh, in those contexts, and um, you have to be very strong, I guess, to mm. stay on track. Um, but yeah, I get back to what I was saying. I think you know from what we've had with these lockdowns and um, you know the, the the limitations that people have had I think it just comes down to you know maybe also not having those tougher things to navigate and um, a propensity to to access drugs and alcohol yep definitely there's been people that have uh, gone back to using or escalated their using it's yeah it's just <laughs> Uh, you know, having that support out there, you know, I remember when we went into the the, the, the synchronised global lockdown that, you know, things like NA and AA meetings, um, I don't think they had Zoom meetings up and running initially. I, I, I They may have, but I, I don't think so. And I was thinking, shit, what, what about all the people that re- are really dependent on those meetings? Some people yeah. go to, you know, um, onwards of two three meetings a day uh, seven yeah. days a week w- have that all that support taken away from them the stress levels will just go through the roof yeah so um, I do know quite a few who fell down during that first lockdown Well, you kind of white knuckling and you need to be hanging out with that support network and yeah it's not there and I mean there's only so much you can do on zoom right that's right. I mean, face to, it doesn't beat face to face. You know, it's it, it, it's great to have. It's a great technology to have, but it's it, it it's a, it's a, it quite diminished to actually connection with people that actually in a room or you know having a coffee with somebody and trying to get a little bit of support. You know, it's just a, yeah. It's it's interesting that that um, I'm pretty sure those meetings just weren't they weren't there initially. And I just really felt terrible about that. I was thinking, like, shit, mm. all the people that really access those meetings and it's part of their recovery just need us to adapt and take it to the next level, I suppose. Of, um, also, I remember we went through um, that first lockdown, there were a lot of guns and there were weird chases and mm. domestic violence mm. everywhere. We had the real crime spree going on. Was that people coming down or just like they couldn't get a hold of their dealer or it was just, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit of all of the above probably. Yeah. I, I think people, yeah, people just acting, you know, people yeah. acting weird, people losing it. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it's your, your every right, everyday routine and what you do and if, if you're Doing things where you know that are just that all. Um, mm. I mean, my little thing of playing music for a while. That even this last lockdown we had in Auckland, I, I think I was in bed the two first two days. I just and I didn't anticipate it that 
I was like, oh shit, now there's no work for a while. Um, and I got quite down. It took me a couple of days to get out of bed, just, just on, you know, lack of music work for a while. Mm. You'd kind of snap out of it. Snap out of it, Mike, come on. Yeah, so I better get, better get out of bed and face the music, the non-music, I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, I guess the recovery thing is to be adaptive, um, keep finding um, new ideas, new options, keep being creative in your approach, um, keep uh, growing, keep learning, um, don't be a know-it-all, like don't, you know, just be the naive inquirer and keep getting information. Everybody's a teacher, you know, you can learn off everybody. Yeah. And what I've found too, I've been amazed at people that maybe aren't in the field or you would maybe um, uh, assume that aren't in the field and they just pull out some good chops, you know. So people, um, you know, the, the, the human qualities can come out in times of need, that's for sure. Mm, absolutely. What about someone who wants to surrender tonight and kind of go, got an issue, need to really talk to someone about it? What is their first stop? What do they do after this? Hmm. Phone, pick up the phone to God. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, you know. Um, what do you call initial, that? Is there any or? Yep, yep, totally. Um, there's the drug and alcohol helpline. Perhaps Selena can um, just yeah. put that up on the screen. That would be great. Um, I know Tikitane has um, promoted that helpline. Um, he's he's uh, been in advertisements. I, I think um, – to be honest, I have my cards and I give them away. So I know Tikitane was on the card that I had. Um, so there's a drug and alcohol helpline, um, you know, actually just like linking up, getting support, whatever you can do. I mean, there's 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 a lot of helplines in New Zealand. You know, there's there's um, there's uh, um, Lifeline has got multiple lines. There's um, Home care. I've forgotten what what they what their what their banner name is, but they, they've got multiple lines. I, th I think they have a drug and alcohol helpline as well. But if you Google, I suppose if you've got access to a, um, the internet, um, googling support in your area. Um, and what I would say is, you know, if things are open the next day, you know, access um, those. Um, community supports be whatever it is in in your area. You know, there's Odyssey around the country. Um, um, there's um, the bridge as well. The, um, you know, the the NA and the AA community are probably the strongest um, options out in the community. So linking up with them, um, just rocking up to a meeting. You know, um, getting onto that and getting a sponsor. Um, you know, are meetings that, intimidating? Are they embarrassing? I mean, what do you do? Um, to be honest, yeah, I mean, the first meeting I went to, I, do, I actually my friend who's not with us anymore said to me, oh, if you don't think you're an alcoholic, whether you do or, do or don't think you are, just say you are. And um, I got to my first meeting and I, I really couldn't get the words out. And uh, I guess that was guilt and shame and and maybe a, a denial thrown is maybe maybe I'm not, but um I was really surprised. I, you know, I just couldn't get the words out. I, I was just really embarrassed. And um I guess um, yeah, we've got a little project in, in our unit at the moment um, to actually bring in some NA meetings. Um, I think hey, cheer them fortnightly, just to um, demystify 
fire them, you know, so get, mm. get the guys used to what what is a meeting and what does it look like, what, what goes on in it, um, what do you share, um, getting some confidence about, around sharing and then accessing um, meetings when you when you get out, definitely. It's a, it's a, I would say that NA and AA community are probably the most valuable community service available in New Zealand. Oh, that's good. And because it's like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, or whatever, they're not going to go and say, oh, you know, I just saw that guy from, uh, he was in a uh, meeting. Get shamed yeah. and we can't really name banning about, right? It's got to be a safe uh, place, is it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that, that, that's a little thing about this um, this chat is that uh, I was thinking today, you know, around confidentiality and, <laughs> you know, a, a breaching things in that area, keeping things quite tight and, um, yeah, names and whatnot, um, what, what went on in groups, you know, what somebody said, you know, when they, I guess. Breaking trust is, is, a, is a big um, concern, you know, when people go yeah. in and um, they talk, you know, basically spill out their life and if it, it gets back that suddenly all that went out in the community, um, that's absolutely not a good thing and it's going to be really off-putting for somebody. So um, I guess having that high professional level of confidentiality, I mean, I'm still a, a, a nipper and learning with that stuff. Um, I mean, it's just a, even just doing this show with you, Thane, is, you know, because the mindfulness was there today. It's like, shoot, I've got to make sure that I don't say things that I shouldn't. Yeah, absolutely. I, I respect that. Well, thank you very much, mate. It's been a real pleasure talking to you um, tonight, Mike. And we'd like to have you on, you know, any other further developments or, or what have you, whatever we can help you push. If you think mm. there's anything that in that community that needs to get the word out, then. I'd love to have you on again and, and, and have a just a nice, relaxed chat. Thank you for answering all my questions. Love it. Thanks, Thane. And, and, and uh, that could be a good of a little bit of a networking thing as well. Yeah. Bring somebody absolutely. else from the community in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would love that. So um, let's try and work on that. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Take care. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Uh, I'd like to bring in our fact checker. Uh, he's been sitting on the sidelines, and I apologise. The format of the show has changed a little bit tonight, but let's go and get his comments. Yeah. Benny Mac, good evening. Dana. G'day, mate. How are you? Oh, intriguing show, mate. Intriguing show. I've learned yeah. a lot, and um, I think we all have. And coming to terms with our uh, our weaknesses and understanding our strengths of who we are, uh, living that authentic experience, huge opportunities to be had for one and all. And if you do need that support, there is a link in the chat. Absolutely, mate. I really appreciate your time. Hey, I'm just going to park you there for a split second. And I wonder if uh, we can bring in uh, Selena now. She is... Got some uh, news. We're going to do a little bit of news. Are we running late for it? Selena, what do you got for us uh, tonight? Yeah, before we do the news, I just wanted to uh, just throw a little bit of support Mike's way because he uh, – and Thane, you actually just – you said a great question and you triggered a lot of um, solutions. Mm. So with addiction, um, you know, you mentioned, like, do you replace it with something else like mm. um, sport? being creative, um, getting involved in community and just, yeah, just filling your time with something else you actually 
think less about what you're addicted to. So I just, yeah. Yeah. Good interview. Cats, you can fill it with cats. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, amazing. That was um, really, I think that was one of the most groundbreaking interviews oh, well, so hi. far. That's, yep. That's so um, I'm going to be back in one minute, like, with the news. Okay? Okay. Fantastic. No problem. Yep. Thank you. Hey, so we are going to be, uh, we should have Bomber Bradbury on the uh, show uh, on Wednesday, everybody. I just, that's our first time with Bomber. Obviously, Bomber is now a big political uh, force to reckon with, with the number two political podcast in the country. Um, so, you know, very happy. The internet is made of cats, absolutely. But uh, let's uh, bring back uh, Benny Mack, fact checker. Benny, looking good. Thank you so much. This is actually uh, Benny Mac's brother, Aladdin. I thought I would stop by the show momentarily to say drugs are bad, kids. Do not do drugs. However, some have amazing medicinal qualities. However, be responsible. Do not operate heavy machinery. Make sure that you do not drink and drive, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it safe. Know your limits, and if you are experiencing pain or discomfort or any sort of problems, don't be afraid to seek help. You know, i got to say, your pupils are quite large there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They are totally dilated. I was uh, hanging out with my kitten earlier in the show, and she gave me a little catnip. But I can tell you, I'm feeling just fine. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Aladdin. I really appreciate your time tonight. Uh, let's now uh, go to uh, – we've got the news all set up. Are we ready to go, Selena, just to give us a quick pump uh, pump up with the old uh, the latest happening in the country? And then we'll just call it a night, everyone. And, of course, you can uh, listen back to this on Spotify and Apple Music and a couple of other um, little bits and pieces um, online. So that's, uh, that's a great opportunity. So if you don't want to see the pictures, you can definitely – Watch, uh, listen, which is which is very good. Oh, and if you're one you. of those, I love you, Thane Kirby. And if you're one of those fortunate people that is rolling in cash, absolutely rich, remember, send your money now. We know what to spend it on. A whole lot of everything. We're going to upgrade the studio. We're going to buy uh, cameras, uh, a tripod. We're going to get uh, a light. Uh, we're going to do it large. We need your cash Money, send it now. Thank you very much, Len. Perfect. Um, let's welcome back uh, Selena uh, with the news. What have you got there, Selena? Okay. <laughs> this is just so fun. It's having a technical difficulty. <laughs> well, we could leave the news to tomorrow. I think we've done very I well, everybody. Just, yeah, just so overwhelmed with the story and Mike's story. And, oh, um, yeah, you seem to be. You know, sometimes news doesn't matter. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, it's there and it's going to... Just one way of us jarring yeah. you into the show. Be basically, yeah, you know, and it the doesn't news need is going to be more news tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. That's so, the good yeah, thing about news, isn't it? Just totally, totally buzzing on seeing Aladdin and, like, my favourite character of all the time. <laughs> you know what was amazing that I heard about your, your Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinda Ardern? <laughs> She doesn't got the COVID. She doesn't even have the damn Omnicron. 
That's one hundred percent right. And you know what I what I said? She didn't legalize the Quran, so they were going to try and give her the Quran. But nah, no one gets the Quran. Well, thanks, Elena. Anyway, I'm going to piss off now and go and do some shit. So thanks, everybody. Have a lovely evening, and we're back tomorrow from 9 o'clock live. And remember, you can be part of the show by sending messages or click on the link and being one of our guests. From all of us here at Talkback, have a fantastic evening. Good night, everyone. I waited 45 minutes.